Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and gaming, focusing on the franchise that changed horror and gaming forever, and that is Silent Hill. To hash it out, I am again joined by one of our top contributors. That's right, the one, the only, the Loud Plains himself, Mr. Philip Church. Welcome, Philip. Happy to be here, as always. Thank you. Did you get that? Not Silent Hill, but Loud Plains? Uh, it was really quick. <laughs> the, You're the opposite that, of Silent Hill, right? He's not a nightmare true. scenario. I, he, I am not <laughs> composed of various mannequin limbs. This is true. That's Last right. I checked. Uh, I, uh, I definitely wanted to make a note of that because I knew we were going to have a, a nice little improv moment with the, with the loud planes. But uh, let's focus on the subject for the day, and that is Silent Hill. It changed the genre of horror in gaming forever by replacing action with genuine fear, frights, and dread. Not the jump scare kind, the kind that's slow and creeping, the kind that gets under your skin, keeps you up at night, burrows into your mind, and turns your dreams into nightmares. The kind that makes you horrified of radio static. Yes, the kind that, that, the kind that tortures your soul and, and haunts the very essence of your humanity. Uh, so Silent Hill is incredibly important to me, uh, not only as a gamer, but as a horror fan, as a storytelling as a storytelling fan, um, I got onto it at a very young age, and though I unfortunately haven't seen uh, the best <laughs> uh, versions of what that world can bring in later years, I'm still a huge fan, and that's why we're talking about it today, because we're going to be focusing on the OG Silent Hill games. That's one through four, so Team Silent, and um, the, the closest thing to a spiritual successor, and we'll get to this a little later, which was going to be the now-canceled Silent Hills with an S by Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro with the playable teaser that is just that known as PT. Weirdly featuring Norman Reedus. Yes. Um, and he went on to uh, still feature in a game, Death Stranding. I'm not sure if you ever played that. No, actually, I did not play it. I, uh, I, I didn't like the concept of a post-apocalyptic parcel delivery simulator. <laughs> uh, yes, you didn't miss much. I, I, uh, I'm I a big uh, Kojima fan. I love Kojima. Yeah, I will pretty much play anything he touches, and I gave Death Stranding um, a very, a very honest try and it was exactly what you would think it is it was a walking simulator the story was good i i always i always say it this way it it, it was a great concept great acting great everything but it would have been better as a limited series on netflix and not a video game because we don't need we, we already do plenty of walking in real life we don't need to we don't need to simulate it in the digi digital realm as much as i was able to just commit to like knowing ever since metal gear solid one like well i'm on board let's do all of this stuff yeah uh, when I the more that came out about Death Stranding, I was just like Kojima-san, really? Like, cause I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on this one. And yeah, just nothing. Nothing so far has convinced me that I should even get it on on sale. But that's again, it's kind of a, obviously we're almost all, already on a tangent. No, that's okay. That's okay. Well, it's it's uh, we'll leave it at this. It is. Um... It divides fans. Some people absolutely love it, and some people are like me that were just like, eh, I gave it a try, but I'll never touch it again. But uh, the heart and soul of today's episode, of course, to bring it back, let's, let's do a Novo pullback, is Silent Hill. Now, before we can really discuss, of course, you guys need a little background. It is famously developed and published by Konami, even though it has got a pretty bad rap in in most recent years but that's why we're focusing on the og silent hill games one through four created by kichihiro toyama and um his team known literally as team silent at the time and i'm gonna go quickly through team silent so we can give credit where credit's due and we're gonna talk about that a little bit because the history is so fun uh team silent consists of kichiro toyama Toyama, creator and director. There's Masashi Tsuboyama, background designer, director of Silent Hill 2, art director of Silent Hill 4, Kazuhide Nakazawa, director of Silent Hill 3, Suguru Murakoshi, drama director of Silent Hill 2, and the director and scenario writer of Silent Hill 4, Hiroyuki Owaku, 
scenario writer of Silent Hill 2 and 3, as well as co-writer for Silent Hill. Masahiro Ito, uh, one of my favorites of the crew, background creature designer of Silent Hill, art director and creator, creative designer of Silent Hill 2 and 3. Akira Yamaoka, sound director, producer of Silent Hill 3 and 4. Gozo Kitao, uh, executive producer of Silent Hills 1, 2, and 3. Akihiro Imamura, producer of Silent Hill 2 and uh, co or sub producer of Silent Hill 4. And Takayoshi Sato, CGI creator of Silent Hill 1 and 2. He, uh, that last one is actually my favorite just because of the sheer incredible integrity and ambition to create what he wanted to create in the Silent Hill 1 uh, game. Because he famously made all of those, now a little dated, but still very good for its time, the, the FMVs, the full motion videos. He did all of them by himself. He actually lived at the studio for a few years so he could work on it in after hours. Uh, so yeah, all those FMVs in the very first Silent Hill, fun fact, was done by one person, and it was that it was that last man. And this this whole team is uh, this is this is why I was nerding out about it a little bit. Is this whole team is fascinating because it's a team of kind of misfits. Uh, the history, to sum it up, long story short, is most of these men and women did not really work in other teams at Konami until they were tasked to make this original game and they were put on a team together and they somehow were a motley crew. They 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 churned out incredible work, uh, arguably some of the greatest horror games of all time uh, and to this day. And it turned out to be an incredible success from, it just, it just boggles my mind, of uh, a series of these kind of outsiders that failed in other realms but came together and flourished. Yeah, one th one thing that's especially impressive too with with how much Silent Hill was able to achieve success. This, it, but basically, it comes down to like Resident Evil and Silent Hill being the pioneers. Uh, uh, yes, like, because it's not that some sort of horror games hadn't existed. Like if you you know go look at the timeline, like there were certain things here and there. Like you had your clock towers, you had some various point yeah. clicks and a few first person like. And there was horror in PC, you know, a yeah, little bit, it, it, but it, not it, like this. Yeah, exactly. Like there there were other things that had been attempted um and as you pointed out earlier too that resident evil was very much the well there's zombies and guns like this is very much the, yeah it's like, action oriented for your life yeah survival, survival horror survival right? horror well this, this was more strip, horror yeah this this did not care about survival uh right. as is literally not even as as physical of a game it's very much uh mental psychological i i, I would say just pure gameplay goes it's I, I mean i can only speak for myself it's relatively easy and, and that's you know Unlike its predecessor, yeah, we can't talk about Silent Hill without talking about Resident Evil, obviously, a little bit. It was Resident Evil was a lot more challenging because they wanted the challenge to be in the gameplay and the action, whereas Silent Hill was psychological. It was it, it wanted to frighten you. It wanted to get into your skin, as I said in the intro. It was really that's why I'm still to this day. I'm glad we're talking about this before we go into the full discussion uh, as kind of a primer. It's I don't even know why it's still lumped into the quote unquote survival horror genre when it clearly is not survival horror. It's just horror. It should have it should have been given that a long time ago, or at least replaced, but it didn't for some reason. Yeah, I think I think it must have to just do with the fact that that's all there really was at the time. Yes, that like you know, hey, that's the hot new thing that ever ever since that. Did you hear about that Resident Evil that came out? And they're like, oh yeah, let's ride those coattails. <laughs> all the kids are doing it. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I think in a way that because that was maybe the buzzword of the time. Yeah. Uh, and like, okay, there were there there was combat, there were weapons, yeah. there were health items. Like, there was melee, extent. I guess. Yeah, kind like, of. There was an Ooh. element of challenge, but a lot of the challenge was really more just keeping tr good track of the plot uh yeah. and keeping track of where the hell you were in this confusing ass foggy town yeah um uh, well put so yeah we need to dive in but before we do of course we need a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by liquid iv guys if you don't know what liquid iv is we'll buckle up because i'm going to throw you a game changer Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. 
powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life, and I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours, or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're gonna love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. So we are gonna talk about the legacy, the history, the everything that is Silent Hill by just going through each of the games in the history. And of course, we're gonna do that by talking about 1999's original number one Silent Hill. I'm gonna give a quick recap of the plot and then we're gonna dive into all things graphics and tone and horror. Um, the first installment of the series follows Harry Mason as he's searching for his missing adopted daughter in the mysterious New England town of, of course, Silent Hill. Stumbling upon a cult conducting a ritual to revive a deity it worships, Harry discovers his daughter's true origin. Where to begin? So it, it I mean, if you look at screenshots, at images, I mean, the graphics are very 1999, very dated. But um, again, this was the first time that game, uh, uh, the gaming industry uh, started to look at games as art and wanted to really <laughs> leap through the screen, no pun intended, uh, and really get uh, into the players' minds. And we had never seen this before. And it really, uh, even though there was some hits and there were some misses because they had never, Team Salad had never done this before. Um, and that's why I would argue, I'm getting a little ahead of myself with Silent Hill 2, I think is an absolute masterpiece, everything they wanted to create yeah, in the original. But uh, the original is, it has its it has its own charm. I think a lot of what speaks to the first one too is, is just how immersive it is so immediately um, between the plot. I mean, like the, you know, back then again, games like you, you almost, you always had like the long intro FMV. Nowadays, it's almost more about like a, playing a tutorial about how gaming has come so far in, in just the last 20 something years. And that's of course just 20 years. Obviously gaming is older than that to an extent, but this one just, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't waste time. It did not screw around. Um, they got right into finding the town, uh, setting up the, the drama. And then as soon as you do start playing, uh, it still just does not hold back in, in just seeking. Yeah. I remember the little as quickly as possible. I remember to this day, those little Todd toddler like <laughs> creatures, like oh, yeah, in the, the very first or whatever. Yeah. Whatever they were. They and they, you. They corner you, they 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 pin you down, and they kill you. Yeah, and then and, you wake up, right? And this real story, begins, yeah, and, or the and, real game begins. And even up to that point, the aesthetic is 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 spot on in that uh, they. I think took a page, maybe not necessarily out of Resident Evil's book, but like looked at Resident Evil and put a page in their own book. In that, looking back now, everything being so quote unquote like clear cut and crisp, it's like it's almost comedic how like how the first Resident Evil was considered like scary because everything looks all blocky. <laughs> this one is foggy. This one is dark. You're not meant to see a lot. So they and, they and, leaned into that the correct way as well as using something that is straight out of Resident Evil's playbook, which was like the camera angles being fixed and wonky and weird and making you feel like, what the hell is around that corner? And we and we should talk about the fog effect because uh, probably deep divers like us will know, but the audience will not know. So uh, for the good people out there that don't know, the fog and the atmosphere were designed because of a hardware limitation. Yeah. So they couldn't, uh, the original PlayStation couldn't process the graphics needed uh, to capture what they wanted to do with Silent Hill originally. So they created a fog effect to kind of um, veil, put a veil over those limitations. And it, it uh, again, we've talked about this in other episodes, when creative types are restricted, 
uh, the creative juices flow. And now the fog of Silent Hill and use of something like that where you can't see very far in front of you and that's used for atmosphere and tone and to create this uneasiness yeah, and this te- exactly tension and everything is now a staple of the franchise it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's iconic not, it, exactly it's not like they moved away from it they they really kind of leaned in to it's almost that the, kind the, of the, horror it's almost the best known aspect about it i mean i've seen it to where there's been like it's basically its own pop culture reference where it's a really foggy day and it, someone like will post a meme of being like i'm half expecting to see pyramid head walk down the road or something like, <laughs> which again we're not quite there yet but still like that that really is like that's that it weirdly was like the thing was oh my god am i in silent hill like it's too foggy and that again it's like the the unknown of tapping into the one of the most like primordial fears of just what the hell is more than 10 feet in front of you. right and um and it really like we've already talked about in the primer of the discussion um there is combat there you can pick up a gun and and, and use it against these these creatures that are are uh, stalking you but it's not the focus the focus is on figuring out what happened to your daughter and then as as um as people of modern society we get immersed right we want to know oh my god i so I, they they famously wrote all of these main characters to be ev- quote unquote every man characters so you could literally play through them you're playing through them vicariously or you're being them vicariously in the game and you're really wanting to figure out what happens and of and it touches on all of these fa- very famous and uh, well-known horror tropes, which is cults and demons and deities. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of Lovecraftian kind of horror, too, with trying to bring back, you know, these ancient ones kind of thing. And um, to really great effect, it has multiple endings. Yeah. And uh, every game, we should say this before we go to Silent Hill 2, every game has a fun, like, joke ending. And yeah. this, um, they have, like, a, a UFO, UFO ending. With with every game, yeah, it's it, I love that they always kept it a bit light. That just at the end of the day, it's like okay, you know, turn the lights back on, you guys. It's a, you know, you're fine. It's just it's just an extra game, like little ride. Uh, you're yeah, on. again, like yeah. again, Resident Evil. You go back and play the original, and you're like, haha, this is like funny. Uh, I still like. I remember the last time I tried to touch some of the like the older Silent Hill games. Um, it it is still creepy. It is still ominous as hell. And again, like it's not that I feel like I'm going to die. Like oh no, like video game death. It's not. It's literally like <laughs> that's not what scares me. It's literally like what the hell is going to be on the other side of this door? And like why is this camera angle so weird? Like, I think are they setting good... me up for something? Yeah, I think that's a good segue to Silent Hill Two. So in 2001, they made the sequel Silent Hill Two. A quick a quick recap is uh silent hill 2 follows james sunderland searching for his deceased wife and of course the titular town of silent hill after receiving a letter from her informing him that she is waiting for him there three years after her death yes after searching and exploring the mysterious town he ultimately realizes her true her death's true nature now to piggyback on what philip said this was the very first time i mean yes did the games were the games scary to an extent like the original resident uh resident evil silent hill uh yes and no i don't really feel like it scared me scared me like a lot of movies can or or even a great book can until silent hill 2 this is where in in the vein of what you were describing i was scared to go around a corner i was scared to go down a staircase you know i was like what is waiting for me right outside of view what is lurking behind a corner and this game did it to amazing amazing effect and i know what a lot of people listening is going to think it's like yeah that you know if they played it now they're probably so desensitized from all the other great ca- games I don't know, that came man. after it. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> I still gets me. There's the there's the parts later on where you go through the historical society building in two, and like that is one of the most dreadful sequences of how am I still going further underground and what the fuck? Is yes, that noise? I mean, uh, we should touch touch on that. So the things they wanted to do in Silent Hill, they they perfected in Silent Hill too, and the biggest one is sound design. Oh my god, I I can't. Is that the one where there's like a long red staircase, something like that? Yep. Okay. I yeah, I'll never forget that area because I felt almost the same way, and I remember being in this this um this very specific area of, of that place where there's like a lot of rooms and a lot of cages and there's just that horrible 
sound design of, of some sort of creature like shrieking at you, yelling in the background behind a wall or behind a door. And I remember like looking at my friend and I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't, yeah, not I going can't in there. go. I, like I was frozen in the real world. Um, and of course we should talk about, we should talk about creature design. Now this is like, um, I don't talk about this much, but I'm one of those people that will buy a book of just the, the concept art because I am in love with, I'm so fascinated by creature designs. Usually monsters and things of that nature are, I, I, I always, I think about it this way. I'm like, how did this artist come up with this? And then I'm, you know, a good example of that, a modern example, example is Bloodborne. Like the creature designs in Bloodborne, I'm like, oh my, it just like, is so i gravitate towards i it. love me some bloodborne talk about also yeah look, again just love crafting and like feeling like that dread but yeah the the art there and and you know it's interesting that you could still probably find ways to like take it back to the fact that like again silent hill tapped into this weird like what the fuck is this creature that i'm looking at thing right like it resembles one thing and another thing and it's somewhere in between so it's clearly its own thing and like the first one you know you can it was interesting that like you said the second one did such a better job and that the first one had like dog-ish monsters and like <laughs> flying-ish monster but it was so pixelated and not that great and it's amazing how much they could do in two years with just better hardware too you know yeah i don't i don't know if this one jumped uh consoles if it went from ps1 to 2 just yet i don't believe no it no did, it did honestly. it was two for sure it did yeah. okay well either way they they were able to do it so much more and going back to also your uh point about the sound design and something that I, I mentioned much earlier something else that they did to do to i think both the fog and just to but uh, like also to give you to continue the sense of dread uh was you pick up the radio where when you when you wake up in the town and you and a certain thing happens and then all of a sudden a radio in the room starts going berserk and, and crazy like noises and then a monster comes in and then once you kill it, then the noise is gone. And you basically use the radio to go as like a radar, right? Of saying like, is there a monster nearby? Well, that depends. Is your radio going nuts? They didn't do that in the second one. And that was one thing that I, I feel like helped ratchet it up that they gave you that sense of like, okay, well, at least there's nothing like within 20 feet of me right now. In the first game, you could at least sort of convince yourself that you might be okay. Not in the second one. Absolutely not. Because the fog was replaced with like darkness and in in the best way possible. Oh, uh, yeah, we should touch on that. I mean, just the lighting effects in two compared to one were miles of difference. And you, and you could really feel the dread that they created with that darkness and you only having this flashlight to really give yourself just a little bit of vision for the character. And again, it, it created just a whole nother level of 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 that tension uh for lack of a better word and that leads us to talking about one of the most famous creature designs in all of horror gaming and that's pyramid head uh it's it's now iconic uh there's really no other way to say it and i do want to oh my god end the argument that pyramid head is um is just a monster in all of the games he is not he's only in the world of silent hill 2 because correct the uh this is probably one of my favorite plots in any horror game because it takes a, a manifestation of a guilty conscience and the fact that the protagonist needs to be tortured through that conscious because, of course, spoilers, tough titties if you didn't know this. Too late. Uh, James murders his wife and um, he's he the town of Silent Hill is torturing him from the fact that he is feeling guilty. He has this guilty conscience about what he did to his wife and he it the town makes him revisit the death of Mary is the character name through her doppelganger named Maria in the game. Yeah. And they do that through the pyramid head. So yeah. and quick, quick like plot catchy uppy. Um basically there <laughs> is there is a nurse character in this in the second game. Um there is a yeah, like you just said, there's the doppelganger uh of of the dead wife. And the other characters are relatively more ancillary, but what's interesting um too about Pyramid Head being kind of like quote unquote like the bad guy, which again I, it's also just so interesting. The but first he's technically James. He, yeah, you know, he is. He's and uh and funny he's enough the guilty yeah element of his mind and the creature design guy masahiro ito uh has basically like he continues like to get questions about uh pyramid head head to this day and that like like they're literally like what's under it you know like what's under like the thing is there like an actual head is he a monster um but yeah i mean the fact that the second one is far more psychological the first one's way more supernatural in a way and i love the dichotomy and that like also like all the introduction of pyramid head 
It's it's also like weirdly sexual with these like sort of yes. nurse like monsters. Oh wait, that's right. There's a nurse character, and again, James like his wife was sick. He, or he, the double legged creatures. You yeah. Know? Well, again, legs and that's on and it's, legs on top. Yeah, and again, it's literally it's all legs, a lot like some like James is like a, like a thing for legs, and so there's weird like sexual undertones of the fact that uh, again his wife was sick for years. He wound up in his mind kind of mercy killing her um, because he just wanted his life back, and she had been suffering for so long, so he just kind of snapped and killed her. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, like the town in this one has nothing to do with the cult so much as it does just it's it's a it's the manifestation of his own like self-loathing and disgust in having killed his own wife and it just also makes you wonder too it's like well are the other seemingly humans real or is it just mostly james and you know like are these other people involved somehow it's i it's love i love that it doesn't give you yeah, it doesn't answers. completely tell you but you know it's uh, the town of Silent Hill is different. I do truly believe this in the debate. the The town of Silent Hill is different for every different person. Yeah. So, like the little girl versus Eddie versus Angela, they're all seeing a different kind of horror than what James is seeing. Yeah, everyone's version of what they see is definitely does not overlap. Uh, so that that is also very important uh, to point out. It's and like, that yeah, and that level of psychological horror again, it, it makes you fear a reality that could be like this, like this could actually happen to one of us and some sort of paranormal city or or an object or whatever it is could torture us this way what a scary thought i was actually hoping they were going to lean into the anthology um version of what number two kind of was hinting at where every game was a different character and the town haunted them essentially in a different way and they, they kind of did but um again i'm getting a little ahead of myself silent hill Three is a direct sequel to Silent Hill One. Yeah, the throwbacks are neat, but I like I like how they all interplay, but they they stand alone relatively. Yeah, I just wish that you know I feel like Silent Hill Two, and I am a bit biased because this is one of my favorites in the in the franchise and one of my favorite horror games of all times. I just wish they would have created more of this anthology dynamic, which each installment and that's may have. There's a lot of reasons we'll talk about this in the conclusion. There's probably a lot of reasons why. Uh, things didn't quite work out after four. It was outsourced. Team Silent broke up, but um, they also were moving away from a lot of the the original visions that they had for the for the horror and for the uh, for the game franchise that is Silent Hill. That that leads us to Silent Hill three, which, as already stated, this was made in uh, two thousand three, and as already stated, it was a direct direct sequel to one. It still is excellent. You play as a teenage girl named Heather as she becomes caught in a conflict within Silent Hill's cult and discovers her true origin. The Order. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, again, spoiler alert, you're the baby, you're the grown-up baby from the first game that, um, you that are Harry Cheryl. Like, run, runs off with. Yeah, and Cheryl, Cheryl or Liz, Alessa. True, really as, and I was about to say, interestingly, we, technical. we did sort of gloss over quickly, but the, all the cult stuff in the first one, you find out that your daughter is half of, of a girl who was intended to be the new manifestation slash like birth the new manifestation of this cult's god and like the one of, the, the vessel yeah and one of the antagonists yeah. in this in the plot is actually the mother of said uh vessel uh so yeah. you've got dahlia and her daughter alessa well alessa was like burned alive so that they could use her her body to be the vessel and then when she went through such like crazy traumatic death her soul like somehow split into two and half of that became your daughter so that's exactly. that's who harry is chasing down to get that that you get all that people yeah yeah it's like that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a hard one that's how this guy who has no psychological trauma himself outside of technically i guess being a widower but that's not really mentioned yeah. almost at all but anyways harry just winds up there because his daughter is the one with the ties james is there because of his own guilt and because he and his wife had visited it and she said come back to silent hill that i'm and assuming heather's beckoned yeah heather is they want to try again the cult wants there. to try again yeah to birth the deity so that's actually that was a pretty good i feel like a um plot uh silent hill one through three plot I, I synopsis that we games they're so good yeah um now silent hill three again pushes and this is probably the biggest uh gripe about silent hill uh three compared to one and two it it really just pushes and evolves what they already established in one and two it doesn't really do anything new and i don't think you know even though it does get criticized for that a lot i don't think that's a bad thing you know uh we talk about this in our music episodes a lot sometimes artists have a niche and they have a lane and they kind of stay in that lane and that's okay i would i would prefer any day of the week 
what came after Silent Hill 4 to just have more Silent Hill 2s and 3s for the rest of their yeah. uh, the franchise career. And if you know, um, if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it just it didn't stand out enough. Like the first one was completely novel. The second one um was I don't was know, so man. Different. That, remember that room? There's a room in Silent Hill 3 where you get into it, you get locked, room. there's a giant mirror. Yeah. And it goes through this real-time animation uh of let's just say uh, there is a very specific kind of horror that happens in this room and you're just along for the ride. You're trapped and Heather goes through essentially a version of a metamorphosis through the mirror and they animate every, I, I feel like that's one of the coolest things. It's one of the most impressive I've seen. For sure. Yeah. Um, that honestly, even after Silent Hill, Three, like in the last 10 so this is 2003 so almost 20 years ago i really haven't seen anything come close to that experience in these last 20 years I'll, uh, maybe a little bit and I'll, this is part of my gem of the week um another very well-known game of uh, horror gaming franchise but um but yeah there's a, something about how they pushed the elements that they did in one and two the horror elements and they just they really perfected it and the 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 color you know there's a lot of when i think of the game three is more uh, there's a lot of way. yeah there's a lot of reds and oranges there's a lot of burnt flesh kind of colors whereas when i think of two just aesthetically artistically it's a lot of grays and Very blacks brown. and neutrals yeah yeah i mean yeah that's you know it actually is a good point it's like the first one had the fog the second one had the darkness and interestingly the third one and it wasn't like they leaned into combat more and it did go back to supernatural oh, not at all. Again, it was just right. it was interesting how we never had that we never had yeah, more luckily, melee or more well, uh, gunplay i think by the by some of the bad ones they it was weirdly like the combat became a little bit more of a focus but uh, you know that's not gonna that's not what we're talking about um but no it's, it was interesting how the third one um it yeah, I think also because just maybe they had pushed the graphical envelope a little further that they just wanted to take advantage of that or just maybe not have things like be like the first two in that they were continuing to try to find the niche, even though they were returning to the the plot of the first one in a way of like the cult came back, the actual like girl is back. But it's not like you could map the town out. It was the same. And, you know, you're playing actually as the girl. So the, the conflict is different enough. Um, it definitely was different enough. But at the same time, outside of that mirror um room that i mean yeah that stands out to me this to this day but i mean otherwise there aren't that many things that like grab me um whereas i have i have such distinct memories of the the other three to be honest one two and four i i think the thing that really grabbed me in terms of the horror is the them ex at least expanding they yeah they didn't really push the boundaries of the game itself or the gameplay but at least they they pushed the boundaries of the lore and yeah. what the magic of Silent Hill can do and can be. And more importantly, seeing the quote unquote otherworldly creatures. Like you always see, I forgot his name. He does have a specific name and I need to look it up while while you're talking about something. Like where he's like just turning like a valve, you know? And so in my in my weird artistic mind, I'm like, are there demons and deities that are 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 shifting the world in real time and we just normally can't see them but for some reason heather can see them and as the player we get to see them i don't know i just felt like even though it's such a subtle thing like you're going up like a ladder and you see this creature like moving just turning this valve and my my mind went crazy like off the deep end of like oh, i think of, i remember of, who you're, I think all I this lore that could be there and just this one imagery i think i know the part that you're talking about i if I recall correctly, yeah, you're going up a ladder and like it's not a threat. It's just a creepy thing that as yeah, you go it's up, just all a of a sudden there's a creature in the background it. doing his thing. From what right. I recall, that that character was I thought that was meant to represent somebody who had been in it earlier, uh, who like maybe already died or something. I thought it was like a callback um to somebody else in the, in the No, plot. I at least know that about doing my research way before <laughs> since I'm a big fan of Silent Hill, way before we ever decided to do a show like this. No, I did learn that it is a uh, is supposed to be yes a non-threatening creature that is just a part of the quote-unquote nightmare world that helps to essentially run it he's is kind of like a he's kind of like a minion to Valtiel. the dark god that they're trying to is that it did you find yeah it? actually yeah valtiel is uh interestingly that's like the it, name of the dark 
god that that the cult is trying to summon which there there is real life like basis from what i recall Valtail is an actual fallen angel it's just like didn't bring that up until this third one and that uh the design and that three, great lore i don't know i just i, I eat that stuff what's up. even more impressive in my opinion is that uh valtiel is, is like the lore of him seemingly had informed or maybe just the way that the team had cohesion the design of pyramid head still that there was there were there are common threads between them that because they actually had this town and this cult and the lore behind the cult that I think they paid enough real attention to it to where all these certain elements came out in first in Pyramid Head, but then more specifically, they came back out in like, like no, this is like we have a representation of the Dark God of Valtiel. So yeah, I mean, the, again, the third one, it's not, it, it just it's not that it's a bad game. It's just that if you are looking to rank some objects, something is going to be in last place. And that unfortunately of these four first amazing games, the third one just in my opinion was was one of the weakest because i actually wound up loving four really i i have to respectfully disagree i think it's a close second to two for me i there was something about it even so let's do a lightning round so the graphics were i thought pretty top pretty notch again they were exploring a lot of these horror themes and uh the occult and literal cults not with the o in front of it uh, times uh, types of storylines. I didn't mind Heather. You know what I surprisingly really like that I don't talk about a lot is uh, video game soundtracks. I uh, this is one I of the love few times like I bought this. Yeah, um, of some of the the own music I've written and that never released. Don't come after me, lawyers. Is that there's a um, there's a vocal solo, a female vocal solo from the the very first track on the soundtrack for Silent Hill Three, and I've used that in samples for for when I've experimented with my own music yeah. making. And there's a something about it that it's it's very, you know, we just uh, released a episode on Massive Attack not too long ago. And people forget that this, uh, a lot of the music from the Silent Hill franchise is trip hop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very ambient. It's awesome. I, I, love, I love that aspect of them not trying to be like, oh, let's do metal or let's go for the full horror score. They were like, no, you know, we want like this is a town that's like it's got a weird homey like you're supposed to feel weirdly familiar and like just a little comfortable. Well, the sound design is still there, though. I think the scary sound design. I like the creature designs in three with the, the really big, you know, big armed kind of yeah. giraffe type of characters. The um, yeah, they really were pushing. Of course, yeah, the there's not much design gameplay. alone really deserve like that alone is something that i think each any person who enjoys this episode is is probably going to go way down that rabbit hole of just we're we're in an audio medium right now and and trying to explain or or do anything of, of explaining just the the true like grotesqueness of these creatures uh yeah. it would we be doing you a disservice hence we're just mentioning them touching on themes but like i'm telling you that masahiro ito that's part of why he's my favorite because it is the monsters and so much of this visual, like creative stuff, that that really made Silent Hill stand out. Yes, I I I agree. There's a visual language, is is how we should put it. There's a visual language, and there's something about I think what's so scary, but but alluring too. You know, we've talked about this in other episodes where I've always been attracted to dark imagery, uh, dark art, and when uh, so the horror that is that is the other world or the nightmare world, I find so. Very scary, but fascinating at the same time. I'm very yeah, attracted it, to it all. The design seems and a little. It's like mildly human, but not. You know, like you want you. You're looking for something. You're looking at something, going like, "Is this a face? Like these are limbs? I guess." Like I, I on I. I honestly love how just the characters can enter the worlds too. It's like different kind of quote unquote portals, I guess. You know, in the in the in the in the opening part of Silent Hill Three, she goes into an elevator. And then it, it like instead of going up, it goes down to like levels that, you know, weren't even an option. And then she gets out into the horror world. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that where I'm like, OK, now, you know, like buckle up, you know, you know, you're you know, you're in for something. And um, that creates the, and that still creates the 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 frights, the the, you know. I think the third one for me was it, it was it was a little more fun in the horror, like a movie. Uh, a little more of a roller coaster ride than just pure dread, like Silent Hill Two. I do was. think the pacing of it had been improved vastly. I just think that for some reason the plot of that one just didn't do enough for me, considering that I love the culty stuff from the first one. Um, I love the psychological stuff of the second one, and I love the combination of both supernatural and like sort of psychological of the fourth one. So that again, I think just because all the it was a continuation of of the 
of the previous plot thread that that maybe they just while the pacing was so much better uh that like I said it just it didn't it didn't quite leave the impact on me that the other ones did i'm fascinated to hear how you feel about silent hill 4 so let's transition to silent hill 4 the room this was made in 2004 uh, because I I personally think this is the weakest of the four. I can understand how people would think that, but I loved. I'm I was that guy that like went to every little corner. I did all of the okay. things for all of the endings. Mm. Like some of the other ones didn't seem. This is why we have this show. I, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to hear the um your your uh, breakdown. But let's give uh let's give the good people a, a quick little recap. So Silent Hill Four. The Room, uh, follows Henry Townsend, who finds himself locked in his apartment as strange phenomena begin to unfold around him and other residents of the building. Uh, so, yeah, break down. What was it about four? I felt like it, um, I will start with this and then you can you can do a counterpoint. I feel like it, it just landed a little flat for me. I, I can see what they were trying to do, but it just except for like one jump scare where you're looking through a little peephole and that bunny turns his head at you. You guys remember that? Member, uh, member, maybe. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, it just didn't really do it for me. So let's hear your counterpoint. Well, the basic premise alone of like waking up one day and your apartment being chained shut from the inside, that alone is already just mind-boggling. So that, like, that aspect of just what in the actual fuck and like I'm stuck in this room, <laughs> like people can't hear me banging on the walls and the window. Yeah, you know, it's just like people can't seem to he hear or see him. He can't open the damn door because there's all these chains locked over his front door. And then just all of a sudden, like, there's an there's a hole in the wall. And as he goes through it, he like pretty much like sort of starts the journey into the into the other world. It's the closest thing to them doing a game where there's like like quote unquote levels. levels. Yeah. Yeah. And and then just going on from there to where supernatural again um, and still plays with the awesome like history, but completely different supernatural aspects of of and it's it's not like one and three that it's about that specific cult. And you're hunting down like a murderer, right? Like a serial yeah, killer. Turns, or you become the serial yeah, killer. Yeah, it at turns one point out or something that like that. Early on you find out that the like you you basically find somebody who dies realize that the it's it's a lot like a former serial killer who was supposedly dead they're wondering if it's a copycat killer um mm -hmm. and then you find out that well it's because this guy did this crazy ritual thanks to the very nature of again like silent hill and just all this dark shit going on that he while he did kill himself it's it's a part of his dark ritual so that there were 10 original victims he then became the 11th and the 11th made him ascend into being able to like continue to commit his grisly murders. But as a, like an otherworldly kind of like like specter or, or whatever, if you will. Hmm. And I think that was part of it, too, of just not that weird, like like you said, like the levels and the way that everything connects. It's like it that gave me that sense of anything could happen at any time. And I think that's part of why it hit me harder and didn't feel as flat was that you never knew when the bad guy was actually possible of like popping back up. I feel like the, they, and they did try to do something new at least. Um, that's why I, I mean, it is new. Like there, there was the gameplay of the ghosts that stalk you throughout levels. Like yeah, you can't really I like stop those. them. Yeah. You, you had to get an end game item and there weren't enough to pin down all the ghosts, but these ghosts can literally like clip through walls and they never stop hunting right. you when you're back in your apartment between levels, if you will. Uh, it's all in first person and your apartment starts to get haunted like the invasion of this of this awful like ritual it's literally tied to the physical location in which the like the game is rooted uh and i think that was just part of it too like that crazy twist of like the reason that your character is even involved is just because of the dark history of of this former slash current supernatural mass mass murderer basically doing the ritual within this very apartment uh and that he's not done i will say this um at doing my extensive research and homework uh for these shows i i did learn about this a long time ago actually it was not by mistake that was by design for it you know the way i feel about it versus you they actually wanted more people to feel the way i felt about it where it was uh, for a lack of a better word, I think this was even in some of the interviews I read about Silent Hill 4 was they wanted parts to be a little boring because they wanted 
to make you feel a certain way. And, and then so when parts were horrific or there was something to be frightened by or a jump scare, terrifying, that it really would spike. And unfortunately, just with my personality, obviously, there's probably a lot of people like you that are still big fans of four and they feel like it's it really holds a special place in their heart. I just yeah, it's still I mean, there was since we're focusing on the horror for this episode, I mean, like baby creatures with like like a a flowing like cape and like long limbs. Those were scary. I think they were twin. They were called like the twins or something. The creatures. Yeah, those two-headed things on like bird legs or whatever. And when you, I forgot her name, but when you hook up with the girl and she essentially follows you when you get outside of your room, once you start start seeing the really weird, weird shit, I, I liked that. I just wasn't necessarily scared when you'd see like a big version of her head in one room and her eye follows you and things like that. It just, yeah, I think I feel like they were trying to do so many different things that it just wasn't working. It was incredibly complicated in that respect. I do think that it's not unfair to say that they maybe bit off a little more than they could chew in trying to pull off so much. But again, like the whole having of the ritual, like the slow reveal of who they're like, they're actually kind of being a bad guy that this time it's not that Silent Hill itself is the bad guy or that the cult uh, I liked the different bad guy. I liked that he was this oddly, like, a little bit of a sympathetic, like, sort of antagonist. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, just just the way that they wove this almost entirely uh, new tale did have an impact. And, I, yeah, I mean, I think that to different people, the different monsters are going to be a different type of scary. And that, the yeah, the, like, going to the levels and having these ghosts that, they move slowly, but they do not stop hunting. That, yeah, that that, I feel like terrifying. that, that there is a dread. Yeah, there is a, an element of dread to that. Way more I mean, the, the, the closest thing that I felt like that in recent years, it wasn't a horror game, but I'm a big Metroid fan, as everybody well knows. And Metroid Dread came out not too long ago. And the dread of the Emmys <laughs> stalking you in the Emmy rooms are, is scary. Like, I get it. But um, this was famously the last game in the, time, in the Team Silent canon. And then it was outsourced to uh, a lot of different teams usually in the west and that's when we came and that's how we got origins homecoming shattered memories downpour and book of memories and i i full disclosure i didn't play any of them because i i i think i i felt such a certain way about silent hill 4 like it was just like a you know there was like a anticlimacticness to it that i was a little nervous to play the other ones if I was I was fearing that maybe those would fall short for me as well. So I did what a lot of people do is I, I you know I was waiting for reviews and stuff, and it just it was one bad review after another, and I yeah. never played any of them uh, until 2014. I didn't actually play that. I wanted to play this, but fucking Konami pulled the plug, and that was with the closest thing I would call to a Team Silent spiritual successor, and that is through PT. Uh, PT stands for a playable teaser that was for a now canceled Silent Hills with an S. And this was released on PlayStation 4 on August 12th, 2014 as a free download. It was designed and directed by Hideo Kojima, as we've already said, of, Met of Metal Gear Solid fame in collaboration with filmmaker Guillermo del Toro. And this one I did. I've seen enough like let's plays, you know, like. Yeah, fucking PewDiePie or Markiplier or whoever, like playing the game and getting their asses scared, like a new new asshole torn. Uh, that I feel like I did play the game in a way. Yeah, and it was a whole new level of horror. We had never seen anything like this. It was it was the first time in yeah, literally ten years because it was two thousand four to two thousand fourteen that we got such a different and a new. Uh, immersive experience, but still had that original Silent Hill DNA that it was a game changer. And of course it was done by some of the greatest fucking minds and, and those mediums today, Kojima and, and Del Toro. Um, and I think they were going to work with Junji Ito too, like on the character. Uh, I was so like, what, what a dream team. Yeah. Right? The only person God. who could possibly, uh, you could replace Masahiro Ito with would be like someone like Junji Ito, who is also just a different type of master of horror. Um, yeah. But no, I agree that, that you could, you could, could you actually play PT. I were did. You, I actually, you... I, I managed to get to play it. Um, you lucky bastard. I know, but the thing is, is yeah, given given the the sort of like narrative vehicle and the fact that it's like you you don't have hands, you don't get objects necessarily, like you don't, there's no combat or nothing, like it is short in nature. It is something that outside of, of course, getting to make your own choices, watching someone else play it will actually kind of suffice for this one. And it's it's truly 
it's truly horrifying. It like, is. I, man, I, I, I was scared to even to watch fair. the video of someone playing it. Yeah, this one, then it's got like, the, oh my god. Yeah, the the monster design is still fantastic, and this one actually does have a couple of jump scares, but it still yeah, has fan, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, it still has fantastic, uh, just ambiance around it, and the the it way that they deliver so well. Well, and the way that they deliver that bit of like the lo what little lore that there is in the story, um, yeah. is still awesome, and and that's some one thing that I, I definitely uh, wanted to point out if for PT. It's the return of the radio. Yeah, that like there there's go. that's like one of the only things that you can kind of like see or interact with, or that like that's it's a like cool. It's almost like a character in a way because you're hearing these news broadcasts and they're about these like grisly murders and stuff. Uh, and then even then, like the narrative seems to go off the rails once the like the hellscape and like the otherworldliness, the silent hillness of this literally just a hallway. A hallway has never been so terrifying. Uh, that's the whole thing is that apparently your character is somebody who was related to one of these murders or something at some point. I mean, there's even an argument that he was the person that did the murder. Yeah. That he killed Lisa and everybody. Yeah, I don't know the about only that. thing that, yeah, I don't know if I believe that because it ends with the narrative saying, I'm coming, like, you know, I'm coming back and I'm bringing my new toys with me. So exactly. that's, I don't think that your character is the person because otherwise like why would they be hearing their own weird narration on the radio while you're playing but at the same time why are they haunted by lisa so i can see how the argument goes both ways but i'm on <laughs> I feel like side. that paper bag is a uh <laughs> is its own uh lesson in how you could interpret the story in a lot of different ways yeah. uh, there still is a lot to, to unpack and what you can ultimately finish in about 15 to 20 minutes. oh man there's um you know so this is almost what's crazy. God, I felt like it just came out yesterday. But again, this is almost 10 years old now. And what's crazy about this is it's incredible influence and, uh, and now legacy on the horror gaming scene. And people to this day are still trying to dissect it and figure out every tiny little not only like from a, a pure and narrative storytelling horror standpoint, but also mechanics. You know, people are trying to. Um, you know, clip into walls and out of walls and go out of bounds. And I think one of the coolest things is at once you actually trigger, I think it's the second or third loop, uh, Lisa is always right behind you. Yeah. So like if you see like shadows in a, in a certain way or if you hear breathing in your in your headphones or something like that, the 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 essentially we'll call her a monster is tied to the character's back at all times. So you're it creates this very subtle way of literally what's behind me. And it and, and it's always behind you at, at any given time. That was a really big revelation. Yeah. I, I really thought that that was that was incredible. And I just I this is just another thing that I really haven't, you know, it's it's arguably its own thing or a demo and obviously Kojima himself called it a, a teaser or trailer, and it's it's named it's named that. So whatever you want to call it, to me, I feel like it's had such an influence on on modern day horror uh, horror gaming that I I would say it's its own thing. It's its own game in For a sure. way. It's like its own experience. It's like an interactive movie. And um, just to just to name a few of the uh, things it influenced, uh, the now uh, canceled Allison Road. The park, layers of fear, visage, and we're still seeing stuff come out of the woodwork that is a lot like PT. I mean, it was just a different kind of horror experience. And I challenge anybody that hasn't even seen this. Again, there's plenty of you know YouTube uh, video about this. Just watch the whole thing from beginning to end. And if you are not shitting your pants a little bit by the time we get to maybe the third or fourth loop, I, I don't. You, you have the thickest skin on the fucking planet. I don't know what to tell you. I'm pretty sure there's a uh, psychopath. If that's the case. Yeah, like like you have you're, no you're sense. Yeah, human. you have no sense of like actual like <laughs> danger. Like your 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 instincts are weird. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's uh, fucking creepy. Um, and one other fun thing too that. I definitely want to uh, bring up with my own like sort of observations is that the original Resident Evil came out in 1996. A few years yeah. later, you get Silent Hill 1. And again, it, it borrowed just enough from it, but it was its own beast. And then fun thing is that this came out in 2014 uh, and it was first person. And then Resident Evil had gone way the hell off the rails and downhill. Well, a few years after PT came out and again, all this, all the rave, you know, just press and, and reviews basically or whatever. Uh, I find it interesting that uh, three years after PT, Re Resident Evil 7 came out and it revamped the franchise and brought it back to its quote unquote roots. And it was first person. So I, I interestingly feel like that might have been influenced by PT as well. Well, I have um, 
I have tried to research this as well, and I I do take the defensive side of actually Capcom on this one because they're they're in development kind of at the same time before other the other party knew exactly what they're doing. So I actually defend the stance, usually from Capcom, that it was a coincidence that it wasn't actually influenced. Uh, or or that PT influenced uh, the Resident Evil franchise to go towards a more horror direction. I could be wrong. If 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 I love to be corrected, correct me if I'm wrong. People out there, tweet at me, show me a bunch of stuff uh, on Twitter or some email thread that makes me look like a complete fool. I would love to be corrected if I'm wrong on this. But uh, I think it's just a coincidence um, in conclusion. But uh, regardless, yes, the the influence is is endless in this franchise so for the good people that have never played a silent hill game philip tell them why this is so important why this has legacy why it it has helped to create the true intention to bring people to understand games as art silent hill did such a damn fine job at combining so many core elements of the things that just make our skin crawl and our minds wander down the darkest path taking from supernatural fears uh those sort of like ancient god type of fears of just fears of the unknown including like actual physical like fog uh darkness um and then you've got the things like the monsters like the body horror um it just it's it was able to and in such little time too like again you look back at the years that all these games were released uh, it just churned out these hits that touched on practically every main uh, aspect of the things that seem to scare mankind the most, but put you in the actual foot. It would, uh, you know, shoes, sorry, not in the foot. They put you in the shoes of these characters for once that this was no longer a movie. This was a fully immersive experience. Was You're no longer just yelling at the screen like, don't go in there. <laughs> you are the person screaming at yourself. Nope. I don't want to go in there, but you have to. Couldn't have said it better myself. I will say this too. Unfortunately, this is one of the hardest things that you could probably go try to get back into that if you don't have your original consoles or certain things, they're harder to get access to. But we live in this awesome world where you could go to YouTube, take a video game's title and put the word like movie or just cut scenes after it. And you can essentially watch what it like a quote unquote movie. Yeah, you can watch it. someone else playing it, These, but you can be you can yeah. be kind so, of in the driver's yeah, seat. Yeah, the idea of watching someone else play a video game might not be everyone's bag. I like when it, it these stories are awesome enough to where watching these games will feel like a movie. And I will also say I actually loved the Silent Hill movie, at least the first one. I actually think they did a, a really good job of bringing all a lot of the different lore. Uh, the mythos and whatnot, um, putting a bit of original spin, but giving that sense of terror uh, and unknown and whatnot. And you just you get to watch Pyramid Head rip a woman's skin off <laughs> and throw it at That's a church. Right. Um, That's right. People are taking shelter in a church and this horrible, horrible monster uh, literally skins a woman like in a matter of seconds and then throws her skin at the movie. It was amazing. I thought that was badass and it was, it was so good. So I do want to give the movie that they wound up making a, little a, bit, a of bit of props. credit yeah. for, for actually yeah. being a, a relatively faithful adaptation of what is also just fantastic material. So, hey, if you aren't even that into games, you can go watch the movie version, but I really do recommend that. There's two of them, too. We should, True. We should there was a sequel. I don't films. remember enough specifically about the second one. I remember liking the first one a lot. It's like Silent Hill 3. It involves a version of Heather, but they give her a different character name. That's right. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah. I remember the first one a lot more clearly, but... um. I really do think that these are the kinds of experiences to where if this sounds interesting at all, you could absolutely watch the cutscenes or somebody play this game some and be completely realized like I am gripping the arms of my chair so hard right now. <laughs> Definitely with PT. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can. I can attest to that. Uh, so there you have it, guys. The Silent Hill franchise from top to bottom. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you. I want to thank our guest, Mr. Philip Church. You can Whee! check him out at philipchurch.tech. But before we go, a little more for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gem of the week. If you're new to the show and don't know what the gem of the week is, it's essentially something we like to talk about here. 
here at the end of our shows, but doesn't always quite fit into the scheme of the episode. It may be on our radar in the last day, week, or maybe even month, but uh, we want to give it to you here so you guys can dive deeper. Uh, mine is very much in line with the show, uh, with the episode topic. The franchise, the video game horror franchise known as Dead Space, it has been an absolute gem, mm. I think, in the uh, horror gaming experience and market. Unfortunately, just like we didn't get to talk about this too much in the conclusion section of the episode, but just like Silent Hill, I don't think it made enough financial success uh, for it to you know, keep the original team together and keep making installments. It, it only made three games, one, two, and three. One is an absolute masterpiece, in my opinion. They're actually remaking it. So if uh, just like Philip said, if you don't have these old consoles to play something, uh, just give it a little time and you're going to play a, re- a remade version of the very first Dead Space. Uh, two is very solid and three is a is a huge departure. I You can skip that one. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, but I, I feel like in the vein of Silent Hill and horror gaming experiences, te- Dead Space is an absolute gem for sure. And I did want to talk about this. Another reason, Philip, for you to get on uh, Twitter just for just for the publicity needs is a game that was on my uh, was on my feed today. Uh, the game is called Martha is Dead. Have you heard of this shit? No. Okay, so Martha is Dead just got wrapped up in a controversy. It's going to be out February 24th, 2022. And uh, the reason it got wrapped up in a controversy is because it had to give a disclaimer like never before. And it got close to getting an adults-only rating um, or or needing to at least move to that if it didn't cut content. Uh, specifically for Sony. So for Microsoft and PC, they didn't have to cut any of the content, but to be, to be released on the PlayStation 4 or 5, they had to give this big uh, public announcement that they had to cut content because it was it was deemed too, too horrific for audiences. And I actually, I guess they gave some, um, maybe some beta gaming um, demos to like streamers and stuff to, to show the game off a little bit. And they actually, I did find what the controversy was. So this is it. There is a mini game in the horror experience where you are cutting off the face of your dead sister and you're actually controlling with your controller, you're controlling the movement of the knife into her face. So you're actually, instead of just watching it like an FMV or a cutscene or whatever you want to call it, you're doing the cutting technically. And then you also, it's all, it's a close up of this too. And then you're tearing the face off and you're wearing it, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. So I kind of get that on both sides. And of course, you know, everyone has a, everyone's a fucking critic and everyone has an opinion. And a lot of the counter arguments are valid. There's a lot of horrific things in The Last of Us, or I just mentioned Dead Space. There's a plenty of, fucking horrible imagery and uh, grotesque gore and stuff in that. And um, I don't know if someone has a vision for horror experience. I, I feel like you should warn people, but not make them cut the content in my humble opinion. So, yeah, I find that interesting. Uh, I hadn't heard of that at all. Um, and that is that. No, crazy, well, crazy that's the thing. Weird. No one has until, you know, no publicity is bad publicity kind of thing. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they got, snapped at by sony you you can't do this you need to you need to cut the content and now it's this huge thing on 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 the web yeah so. actually googling it it looks like all of this is literally brand new like stuff like yeah. all of this seems to be like from within the last couple of days that this controversy has come out so yeah that's, that's interesting um that had yet to make it to me as much gaming news and stuff as i check in to philip what's your jump yeah you know in thinking about uh older playstation games that like kind of gave me horrible like like sort of anxiety in a way too um it, but this one in a much different way and interestingly this one also caught a lot of flack at the time but um i remember the game manhunt terrified me because oh that, martha is dead has been compared to manhunt are you serious yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, Manhunt was. So we tie these little yeah. things in a bow. It's almost like tied in a bow. It's almost like a fucked up, like dark video game version of some like pseudo like Lord of the Flies oh, I type remember shit. Manhunt. Where it's like, for the people that don't know Manhunt, yeah, give them a quick little. I, it's recap. like what you're some sort of like criminal who's trying to escape like a giant. It's almost like if Arkham City, the game was like super fucked up, and from the perspective of like one of the murderers in there, where 
you kind of have to like murder your way out of this horrible scenario or something. It's it's just and you get to pick by like you get like a hundred different gruesome ways to kill. Yeah, I mean you have to go find your and there's like close ups of stuff. Yeah, you have to go like fine. Okay, do I want to grab this piece of glass? Do I want to use this plastic bag? Like. You know, if you sneak up and they don't detect you, and you isn't this the one where it's special... shot like it's shot kind of cinematically too, mm -hmm. where it, yeah. it shows just, it shows just kills like, these like death very scenes. specific angles and yeah, like up close. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it was gritty and dark as fuck, but this one is it's so realistic. There's nothing supernatural about it. But I just right. remember the whole time being like, oh my god, this it was I was that's a good thrilled gem. by yeah. it, and um, that's a good gem. and I mean, it caught a lot of flack for just how violent and gruesome a lot of those kills were. Where it's like, oh, if you play really well, your reward is to brutally murdered <laughs> shit out of a bunch of other prisoners or whatever the hell so um yeah it also no, that's a good that's up there yeah, yeah that, that, that was another like standout from just uh, i think it was original it might have been playstation 2 by that point but yeah it, it was also just some classic a different type of horror but um okay from 2003 so it, it yeah it, it probably pulled influence out of uh silent hill by that point but yeah. it just didn't go any kind of supernatural outside of is there um any other gems uh uh I will say that I actually wound up enjoying um, The Wheel of Time. I feel like right now there's a million shows coming out mm. all the time. And um, yeah, people, endless content. Yeah, and people have We're never, even adding to people it. People have never adapted <laughs> all the more books and like thrilling this fan base and that fan base. And I never even got into these books in the first place. I was just aware of them. Um, but I wound up giving it a try because I do love high fantasy stuff to an extent. And um, as does my, my wife also likes um, a little more of the, the fantastical things like we've got like magic and dragons and all that crap it, it actually wound up delivering uh rosamund pike is a oh. fantastic actress i think she really brought a tour de force oh gone girl yeah yeah I she brought her. she yeah. brought it big for this role but all the rest of the cast still does a pretty damn good job it's it's like no one else is honestly like i don't recognize almost anybody else because you also have a lot of like younger actors like the the main characters are basically like five 20 year olds to an extent um and then the other main character is like rosamund pike yeah it was actually pretty damn good it's only eight episodes uh, although I believe the eighth episode of this, uh, like the season closer, uh, definitely felt like a double episode. I, I never checked the runtime, but I just remember being like, there's no way they're going to wrap all this shit up. They did. Um, oh, good. So <laughs> it, it was it's practically a nine episode. So it's also, it's not too much to digest. So it's, it's an hour, it's your typical hour long, right? Episode, but it's only eight episodes. And yeah, I mean, they actually did a really good job of balancing uh, the, you know, like action and some backstory and the, the inter interplay of the relationship between, the fact that the the five younger characters like all grew up together and stuff, but they're getting to know this mysterious main character, this Rosamund Pike's character. So yeah, just it actually balanced it all very well. And maybe because I don't know the source material well enough, I was able to not like pick it apart and hate it. Because unfortunately, <laughs> I am one of those people that winds up being like the game was better or like the book was better when things get made into inevitably like these days their TV show or their movie. As far as I've heard, uh, it, it's it was pretty well received and it was pretty cool. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you are giving Bezos the bucks, which most of us are, unfortunately, you can at least go stream a very good show um, before you decide to maybe pull the, the Bezos plug. I know that a lot, there's, there's a big divide right there too of just people being like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't do Amazon anymore. It's like, fair enough, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I'm, it's still a pandemic and I'm at home and I want to watch all of the things. So I'm gonna, I'm, it, this is the only platform you can rent stuff on, man. Yeah, well, there you have it. Um another uh a thoughtful gem uh if you like that of course you can check out some of our products and follow us at underscore novo underscore day and day is de and at novo day media you can of course check out our products at novodayproductions.com there you'll find things like the entropy sessions adulteration post meridium uh, cancel culture lotto and a lot more to come um if you'd like to get in touch with philip and hire him for all of his amazing services philip tell him how you can how the good people can reach out to you yeah i have my website philipchurch.tech uh philip is with one l i don't know that i've ever clarified that we write it that 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 way we write the right way uh, oh shows. perfect okay like in the in the promotion <laughs> that's a good point one um, l one l philip yeah philip philipchurch.tech uh, is one way you can book me or if you're more of a social needs kind of person look me up on facebook uh philip church provio nerd i believe i think i have an instagram and i apparently need to make a twitter but um yeah philipchurch.tech is, is the best way currently excellent don't forget to like and subscribe follow and hit that notification bell rate and review if it, and if you're listening to this on youtube don't forget to leave a comment and if you'd like to sponsor our little love child you can do so at novodaymedia at gmail.com and until next time guys be good to each other and as always good luck and godspeed we love you art of the beholder is brought to you by novoday productions created and hosted by novoday and the novoday collective
facebook.com slash novodaymedia, at novodaymedia on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, facebook.com slash acomusic123, aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.